Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today I want to talk about reducing waste in the garden because making the most of what you have, whether you're sourcing things locally for free or on the cheap um, or repurposing things that you already have, that's kind of what we do as homesteaders. It's one of the things that we do best and um, you know you might remember my husband's grandfather saying of use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. And that's very much what we tend to do on our, you know, homesteads, but it also can apply to the garden. And in today's episode, I really want to talk about how you can try some no waste gardening at home to make use of what you have available and reducing waste is you know a great move not just for the environment but also for your wallet too right i legitimately wince when i have to throw out something that has been long forgotten in the depths of the fridge um even though it's likely to end up in the compost if it's plant-based you know, I still try to use up things, right? Make the most of stuff like, you know, eat the salad first because that's going to go bad the quickest, right? I really want to use the most of, of what we have because at the end of the day, if I just let that food go bad, I'm basically throwing my hard-earned cash into the compost heap or worse, it goes into the garbage. Um, So, you know, using or making better use of what you have um, to reduce the waste is, you know, kind of a, a smart thing to do. And as a gardener, we tend to kind of embrace, um, you know, our homegrown vegetables a little bit differently, right? We tend to embrace the weirdly shaped vegetables, um, the veggies that have been nibbled on a little bit by a bug or whatever. And, you know, we soon begin to see that our harvested homegrown veg isn't you know, as uniform and as regimented as what we see in the grocery store. And, you know, from forked carrots um, or parsnips, like I've pulled out carrots and parsnips that look like some sort of crazy tentacle monster, um, you know, that have grown in the garden. It's kind of entertaining to, to <laughs> pull up, but wasn't really very useful in, in the kitchen. Um, you know, knobbly tomatoes or greens that, you know... I've had to fight the aphids for, right? At the end of the day, your homegrown vegetables, you've worked hard for those veggies to grow. And you might be a little more inclined to just trim out those bits that were chewed on or chop out the bits that were bruised on, you know, the apple that fell from the tree, you know, maybe, right? You're just a little bit more inclined to kind of use up a little bit more because it was something that you grew, you nurtured and you, you know, made sure that this harvest happened, right? Granted, you know, the things that you've chopped off probably will end up in the compost bin, right? As long as it's not an obvious sign of disease, right? We don't want to be putting diseased plant things into the compost bin where they can proliferate and then you know spread more around the garden right we don't we don't want that but if it's just something that's been nibbled on or it's bruised or damaged because you dropped it those kind of things are fine to go into the compost bin but the biggest waste in the garden usually comes from being overwhelmed at harvest time and this isn't something that like i've heard a lot of um homesteaders or gardeners talk about but when you have things all coming in at once, it can get really, really overwhelming very, very fast. And when you've got, you know, 
too much to deal with like you've got stuff that you need to harvest you've got to preserve it somehow um and you've got to do all of that in a really short space of time like i grew a lot of tomatoes one year and i um had actually pre-ordered a bushel of tomatoes as well that um a co-worker um was was selling so i had like a bushel of tomatoes that were kind of starting to go bad and at the same time my plants were all producing as well and I was kind of battling like the the giant cricket grasshopper things that were eating stuff in the garden like eating my tomatoes you know having this bushel and you know all these things that were going on and having to try and can and preserve it all and I think that was the year as well that we ran out of canning jars um or lids or one of the two and it was it was just not not a great time right it's known as the glut in in the UK right when everything kind of all comes in together and you're just kind of there thinking what am I going to do with this like typically courgette or zucchini is what people think of as the glut but it happens with lots of other veggies too and if you've planted everything all at the same time you can easily become overwhelmed right we and you know it's not necessarily just to the things that you've planted too like we had a peach tree back in utah and we had to rope in our friends to help us harvest it and they had to take a laundry basket full of peaches home with them and because we already had two laundry baskets full of peaches and there was this third laundry basket full of peaches and we were like I, this is too much for us to to deal with like we were giving it away to people there was just so much and um the next day we like my hubby and i we were canning peaches literally from sun up to midnight that it was it was so so many peaches and at the time i didn't have a big um canner to be able to do it i i had the smaller version of it because you know it was just kind of starting where we were right we were new to canning and everything else and yeah the two of us spent a lot of time canning the peaches luckily the next couple of years were not that bad when it came to that peach tree um you know the harvests kind of you know waned a little bit because obviously that tree had put so much energy into that particular year um you know it happens with other trees like you'll have like a season where there's like way more nuts and stuff that happen um you know and then the next couple of years following those like massive harvest years are somewhat declined right so you know it was kind of nice like we had plenty of canned peaches um for the next couple of years to enjoy so that that was nice but if you know we didn't have had the the help in harvesting some of those things like so much of that would have gone to to waste and you know the chickens enjoyed a lot of it too um which was kind of nice when we had chickens because we were able to you know give some of them to to them that were kind of past it for us so it wasn't going to waste particularly it didn't just go straight to the compost it then you know served another purpose with with the chickens now in some cases um like with the peach tree you can't totally avoid the overabundant harvest um but in our veg plot there's a couple of things that we can do to kind of reduce that 
overwhelm and the easiest thing to do is to sow seeds little and often to get small harvests that are spread out over a couple of weeks and this is called succession sowing and I know that I talk about this quite a lot um, on the podcast but that's because it is a really useful gardening hack for you to learn and succession sowing is basically where you sow seeds every two weeks every three weeks right throughout the growing season and when your crops are ready to harvest you basically have a two-week break before the next few plants are then ready to harvest again so it's not like you'll sow you know your seeds in you know one week and then two weeks later that stuff's ready to harvest and you know you're sowing more seeds no your plants still need time to grow however long that takes according to the days to maturity so if you're sowing some i don't know lettuce right lettuce is typically about 60 days to maturity so you'll sow your some lettuce seeds and then about 60 days later that lettuce is going to come up and you know be readily available But as you've sown that first set of seed, two weeks later, you sow a few more lettuce seeds, right? And then on that back end, you know, when it's ready to harvest, you're going to have some, your earliest, your first set of seeds that you planted are going to be ready first. And then a couple of weeks later, the next set, and then a couple of weeks later, the next set of seeds, so on and so forth. So it's that continual harvest that's um, able to happen within the garden. So that kind of helps you stop being totally overwhelmed um, in one go is having this this little and often, um, you know, ability to harvest things. Right. And this is really kind of important, especially if you're a new gardener or you're doing this on your own. Um, you know, you don't want to be totally overwhelmed because if you're kind of stressed out about it, you're not going to enjoy the, the wonderful thing that is gardening and growing your own food. Now, let's talk about if you tend to sow your seeds kind of thickly or you're a little heavy handed when it comes to sowing seeds. That's me. That's me. I I always sow, you know, things too close together and then I have to do um, what's known as thinning, right? Um, You can make use of your thinnings for a lot of different veggies and um, you could try also having several harvests throughout the season. So let's talk about beets or beetroot. They're a great crop that often needs um, thinning, right? And that's where you would look for the weaker looking seedlings and then snip them at soil level. So you take a pair of scissors, look for that weaker looking seedling and then just cut that seedling straight across at soil level right so it's, it's not going to grow back and then just you know put those thinnings to one side um you know those baby seedlings you could use them in a salad or a sandwich or something microgreens are very popular and that's basically what it is is it's a baby seedling um just microgreens people tend to grow in like large flats um but if you are thinning stuff out in you know your garden because you've sown things too close together make use of those thinnings right carrots are another good one um my um stepson's daughter so i guess that'd be my step granddaughter um she thought it was amazing pulling um we called them fairy carrots right because there were were baby carrots um but she thought it was amazing pulling carrots as 
you know from the garden um she loved the surprise of the colors of the carrots because she thought they were all going to be orange and i had purple carrots orange carrots stuff like that so she thought that was kind of cool to see different different colors um but the little ones were perfectly easier for her to actually pull them out of the soil too um so she really enjoyed that i think that the hardest part that i had was to um get her to stop harvesting carrots because she just she kept wanting to um come back into the garden and, and keep harvesting stuff um which was great um but you know things like turnips lettuce spinach mustards and kale they all you know are things that are commonly um you know too thickly sowed um as seeds and will need thinning out and uh you know what could be better than having a homegrown you know baby leaf salad right make use of those thinnings um and you know try harvesting things at different stages so you know you could have you know the small you know baby carrots and then later on in the season be pulling out you know much much larger carrots because they've got that space to be able to grow same with beets or turnips right you know harvesting them when they're small and tender and then leaving them a bit longer so they're bigger and then using them you know later on in the season next i want to talk about if you're using a seed starting planner um i do i know some other um listeners um you guys also use a, a kind of planner um something that you might track your likely harvest dates um and those are typically based on the date that you sowed your seeds plus the days to maturity on the seed packet or in some cases like tomatoes, right? It's usually the date that you've transplanted those into the garden, plus the number of days to, uh, days to maturity on the seed packet. No days to maturity on the seed packet, you can just do a search online for the variety that you're growing um, and you know try and estimate based on some of those numbers. Your days to maturity are going to vary depending on your climate. It's just really a rule of thumb um for you know the ideal growing conditions so it's good to kind of have it in there just so you can kind of start to plan things and be aware of when things are going to start to be ready for harvest um but you know it's one of those things that i definitely recommend that you put in your garden journal of when you sowed some seeds when you transplanted things and then when you actually got a harvest so you can actually work out oh in my garden like this plant that takes normally 85 days took 79 days to mature hmm, maybe it does that next year and you're able to actually gauge you know specific to your garden hey these are the dates when i can expect stuff which makes you a lot more efficient um, as a gardener and you're able to make a better use of what's coming out of the garden but the thing that i really want you to do if you're using a garden planner is to really take a look at um, what gaps you might have. So take a look over those harvest dates. Do you see anything where there isn't anything to harvest? Um, if you have some gaps, then you know maybe look at planning to add in some fast growing crops. Everybody says radishes as a quick growing crop, and I don't know why, because I can't think of other like recipes and stuff to do with a radish other than putting them in a salad. So if you have some interesting radish um, recipes, then please let me know in the Facebook group. I would love to try some. Um, but, you know, use um, your planning tool to take a look at 
oh, between these dates, I've got nothing that's going to harvest. Um, hmm, what else could I put in that space? Could I put some leafy greens for a salad? Could I um, put in some onions or some spring onions or scallions or, you know, what, what else could I put in there? that's going to be ready during, you know, those kind of breaks. I know for me on my homestead, um, if I can fill in any gaps for, you know, things to be available to harvest with leeks, spinach, kale, um, maybe like scallions, um, mustards, things like that, chard, oh my gosh, Swiss chard, um, anything like that that I can have a bit of versatility in the kitchen like we love braised greens um and beans and stuff so if i'm able to use those crops that we eat a lot of in those spaces then that's going to help us consistently have something be available to eat from the garden and that's kind of the point of it right is we want to be having things available from the garden so we're not having to you know be buying overly priced stuff from the grocery store all right now let's let's move on um oh another good reason for having something out in the garden um that i totally forgotten about but if you are out there on a regular basis like harvesting things whether it is you know baby leaf salads and things which are typically ready from i mean kale salads i think are usually ready from about 30 days um onwards um salad leaves and things yeah about 55 to 60 but if you're regularly in that garden and you are going out and you're harvesting something you're more likely to be spotting like other plants that are ready for harvesting right or that your plants need some help right maybe you've spotted that there's some pests right you've spotted some aphids or whatever have kind of set up shop in your veggies right um or maybe you're spotting the early stages of blight or powdery mildew right the sooner that you are able to spot these problems the sooner that you can take action to prevent it from becoming a huge deal and that you know is always a good thing because if you let these things you know proliferate in the garden and spread then you could potentially lose that entire crop. But if you spot it early enough, you can start to take, you know, action. Maybe you need to cut out those diseased um, limbs or, you know, the the leaves or something and, you know, get rid of that, you know, diseased material out of the garden to help have give that plant an opportunity to recover a little bit and um, still provide a harvest, right? Because if you lose your whole crop like you've lost all that time that you put into there all the money that you put into there with the seeds and you know having to you know whether you were buying soil amendments or you know you were buying things to build a raised bed right you you want your harvests to be successful because you're putting this time and energy and money into it so that's another good reason to be out there on a regular basis harvesting things which is kind of why i like that little and often approach now, we know that homegrown food tastes so much better um, and one of the best things we can do is to learn to make the most of what you harvest um, with some really great recipes to try. 
Um, I did this by perusing cookbooks from the library. Um, you don't need to get excited about a garden fresh risotto or a half the garden soup like I do. Um, those are, you know, typical things that I make um, in spring. Um, but, you know, I think it's really good for you to have some recipes on hand for the veggies that you're growing. Um, and of course, you know, growing things that you actually like to eat. Um, but try making use of the veggies that you have grown by preserving them whether you're canning them freezing them fermenting pickling or making vegetable stock oh my gosh this is like a really easy one if you've got you know veggies that you know they're not quite there maybe you know it's had I don't know, like a caterpillar that has been nibbling on the leaf and you don't, you know, it's it's okay, but you don't really want to toss it in the compost pile. You could put it into a stock pot and turn it into a really good vegetable stock. Same with if you've got veggies and stuff even from the grocery store right and you know you're wanting to get them used before they turn bad you could make a big pot of stock or soup and just kind of experiment and see how that turns out because you're going to be using it to to feed you and your family and it's not going into the garbage or into the compost so that's that's just a little thing but i definitely think that visiting your local library um, you know, whether you're looking at gardening books there or recipe books and, you know, just kind of getting some ideas of like cool recipes to try. That's always really handy to have. So when you get to that point of, oh, this vegetable's, you know, now ready for harvest, especially if this is something that you've never grown before, like what can I then do with it? Because there's nothing worse than you've got the vegetables and they're, you know, at the peak of their freshness and then you just kind of let them sit there and sit there because you don't know what to do with them so have some recipes ready to go that you want to try and um, get excited about the veggies that you are growing because you are spending so much time in you know getting delicious homegrown veg you should really be able to enjoy it um but yeah for sure check out the local library i still check out the library i still check out books on gardening um i love to learn something new um and also, um, if you missed last week's episode, I just want to give you a heads up in this episode. If you are in the Fort Worth area, the Fort Worth Public Library is putting on a free in-person and online gardening series this year, um, which you can check out. I will pop the details for um, that in the podcast description so you can go check it out if you're in the area but if you are not in the Fort Worth area I urge you anyway to check out your local library see what they have available and if you're embarking on a new garden this year or even if you've been gardening for decades right I think it's really valuable to still go and check out you know what they have in gardening books because there's always something that you can glean from reading a a gardening book or you know maybe checking out a recipe or something like how to use some different veggies that you have um i have found so many different recipes that i want to try to the point where i think i want to cook and eat more than anything else um which is not not quite what i should be doing with my my diet and 
endeavors this year um but it is a you know your local library is a great resource to use and you know if you have one available definitely make make use of it and like i said you know a lot of libraries are having a lot more programs for gardeners whether they have a seed library or they offer um seed swaps there's lots of things that local libraries are doing so check yours out and see what yours are doing and my last tip is to grow what you like to eat and i know this seems like well duh emma but like there's there's really no point in growing vegetables that you don't like to eat that would be such a waste of time and money for you to grow it grow what you love and i always use the the brussels sprouts because i hate I hate Brussels sprouts and um, I I have agreed um, with my my parents when I was a child I would eat one sprout and that one sprout was on that one meal on that one day in December and that was it um, and you know as, as a kid you know my my parents would say well they're like baby cabbages and you love cabbage yeah I do I love cabbage I love Savoy cabbage actually in particular um, that is my favorite but um, having you know like that analogy it, it just it didn't taste the same for me now my husband loves brussels sprouts absolutely loves brussels sprouts um but if it was just just me on you know and i was just growing um a garden for me i wouldn't bother growing brussels sprouts because there's no point in putting the time and the energy into growing them because i'm not going to eat them um but obviously you know i'm having to plan a garden for my family as well so brussels sprouts may be appearing maybe i'm undecided and you know there's lots of different recipes for brussels sprouts that i have now found um which i may try and maybe my um my thoughts on brussels sprouts have somewhat changed something like cauliflower like i hated cauliflower for the longest time um because typically like whenever I had cauliflower as a kid, it was like overcooked mush um, that my, my grandmother had done and I just, I didn't, didn't enjoy it or it came as cauliflower cheese at school and school dinners and that was just, it was, it was just not my favorite. Um, but now I actually quite like cauliflower um, and I quite like cauliflower raw with um, dip and stuff. So I'm willing to, to try um, and see if I can, if I can learn to love um, Brussels sprouts. But you know really if this is your first garden that you're trying to do and you're trying to grow your own food for the first time this year then you know really grow what you like to eat because you're going to get far more enjoyment out of something that you have grown yourself that you already like to eat like whether it's squash or it's carrots or it's peas or you know tomatoes potatoes whatever it is grow what you love so i want to hear from you what's your zero waste gardening tip let me know over in the facebook group remember that there's um entry questions so we kind of like stop getting weird requests and stuff to join the group you'll need to answer all of those so my team will um grant you access in there so if you're not part of the facebook group head on over there i will see you in there but let me know what's your zero waste gardening tip until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully and i will see you all next week <laughs>